0: We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We
1: got nothing better
2: to do than watch TV and have a
1: couple of. Hello and welcome to TV Times 3 episode 176. On this episode, we've got a few news items and we'll be talking about recent episodes of Justified, Hannibal, Orphan Black, and Happy Endings. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 176. I'm Amory from mytakeontv.com.
0: I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week we have joining us...
2: Uh, hi, this is Moe Ryan. I'm the TV critic for the Huffington Post, and uh, thanks for having me back. Welcome.
0: Thanks for back. coming back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you heard, I don't know if it was picked up, but as soon as... I started talking. She did bark at dogs that so were walking by. <laughs> so that was Hannah joining us from my living room. Uh, <laughs> so we'll just jump right in with the news. Uh, before I forget, since it's not on my list, we just talked about this. A&E has picked up uh, Bates Motel for a second season, and that was announced today. I did. I think that was a foregone conclusion. I think the ratings were there, and people seem to be responding to it. I haven't watched it because it's a little out of my element, but... Um, But good for them. HBO has renewed Game of Thrones for a fourth season. History has... A lot of renewals. History has renewed Vikings for a second season. NBC officially announced that Jimmy Fallon will be taking over the Tonight Show from Jay Leno in 2014, spring of 2014. And Netflix announced that Sunday, May 26th, will be the day they release the new season of Arrested Development, which is good because a lot of people have Memorial Day off. At least in the u s. so they'll be just able to stay up all night and watch and rewatch and
0: that's right, just uh hitting those Netflix servers <laughs> exactly so uh Mo, what do you think of the the Jimmy Fallon Tonight Show stuff?
2: Um, You know, to me, it just feels like the, as I think I said on Twitter at one point, it's like the the sci-fi Saturday night movie version of something I already saw before, (laughs) you know? It's like, this is the C-list version of what was interesting, like the first couple, three times, you know, there was, of course, way back in the day, there was Letterman and Jay, and then there was Conan and Jay and all that nonsense and... Now with Jimmy Fallon, I mean, I just find myself less and less invested every time this goes down, but um, it's, I suppose it's interesting, you know, because it does um, speak to the central dilemmas of NBC, which is, you know, do you actually try to get ahead of what's coming down the road and lock up someone like Jimmy Fallon, or do you stick with something that is actually fairly successful, you know, for you in the near term, which you know, NBC doesn't have many successes in any <laughs> realm, so <laughs> you would think that they would just stick with that. And I guess what I just don't understand in the whole thing is, you know, how how they couldn't kick this down the road like at least another year. It just it seems odd to me because I obviously, you know, the day Jay Leno stops working is the day that they put him in a casket in the ground, and even then, I'm not so sure that he'll stop working. Um, so he's just kind of like this machine that keeps going forever. So why not just find a way to make Fallon happy um, f- and, and keep th- the status quo for a while. But I guess they were, you know, maybe driven by twin um, fears about Kimmel sort of getting the younger viewers at that time slot and then also maybe Fallon getting restless and being lured away to some other, you know, realm. So I don't know. I mean, just, to me, it does. It just seems like it, it, it. it's not necessarily a hornet's nest that NBC ne- needed to stir up at this time, but... Right. Maybe you guys disagree with me. I'm all I'm no, so wrong. I no I agree with you and I I think that there's
1: so many other fires that NBC needs to be putting out right now that this isn't something that they needed to start. Like I think that like you said maybe another year let it. I don't know. Let Jay Leno. I don't I don't know. I don't like Jay Leno, but like you said, he it's working as much as anything on NBC can be working. Um I think that It just felt like a a weird time and it felt almost rushed. And, it, you know, coming from like the second of March, they say, no, that's not what's happening. And a week later, they're saying, oh, surprise, we lied. It is what's happening. It's just something feels weird about it, whether there's actually something off or like behind the scenes, something weird about it. It just feels like something is. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but I, I agree with you, Mo.
0: I understand sort of the idea behind it but it's one of those things that doesn't make sense on the face of it because how often do you keep trying to replace your number one show at a given time slot?
2: Really? That's but, like, that's, that's where you're going right now. Yeah. That's what you're going to start <laughs> picking away at. Good job. It's you know? like, we've been winning in this time slot
0: <laughs> for years now. And we really want to do something about that. Uh, <laughs> On the other hand, I do sort of understand the where, you know, sort of where things are going, trying to to change that way because, you know, like when's the last time a video of something that happened on Jay Leno uh, came across your Facebook or Twitter or something like that that you clicked on, but that happens all the time with Jimmy Fallon. True. And I think Yeah. uh it's that type of stuff, uh maybe the ability to you know, even maybe monetize those things down the road uh more uh with the with the you know some sort of the audience the the eyeballs that those things get that may not get in that actual time slot
2: uh, Yeah but again it's like you know okay it's like a bird in the hand yeah. versus you know like what,
0: okay But they have both those things right now like those those videos right. are still happening like I don't understand why you need to necessarily move and, it up to
2: And one of my questions would be okay where is Jimmy Fallon going to go exactly you know, like, is he going to really take a flyer on going to Fox or wherever? It's like, I don't think he has an endless array of options because look at what happened when Conan went to TBS. I mean, the show is still fun and it's it's a good time for those hardcore fans, but he's got nowhere near the cultural influence. So, yeah, I, yeah, if or I the was NBC, that he even had, yeah, it's- if I was NBC, I'd be like, okay, like, let's sign a contract with you. We'll pay you a ton of money, but we're just not going to get this transition going for a little bit longer than you might like, but. You know they've got them over a barrel. I thought a little bit. I don't know.
0: Yeah, they seem to be. Uh, they they like really want to use their Olympics coverage to launch things, and
2: uh, and it never works. Yeah, I don't. I don't I just, right. What <laughs> never? Oh my god! <laughs> they've had the Olympics for how long now? And just somebody point me to where it was. It it made them because they're still right. going downhill. And how right. do you launch
0: a a late night show? Really, like they're still going to be. There's still usually going to be a, a late night, you know, local news between whatever right. the Olympic coverage is and the start of, of that show, so uh it's that's kind of weird. Yeah, all you have to do is look at Go On, which I really, really like. And you can see that people that checked it out, you know, during the Olympics didn't come back and you know didn't continue to watch it right
2: it's this mythical it's like the it's nbc's unicorn you know (laughs) it's like the people will come because we have this it's like yeah no not really (laughs) years and years have proven that that is not the case really not true at all
1: (laughs) so interesting and and another i don't want to like dwell on this forever but another thing i'm thinking about is to me it just doesn't even seem like jimmy fallon was at a point where it was ready to end. Like he feels like he's hitting his creative stride for that show. So to me, it almost feels like you're, you're hurting him too, by bringing him up early, earlier in the night. And I don't know. And there, has there been talk of the roots coming with him? Cause I think the roots make a lot of it. What they make the show. I, there's so many questions that I don't even know if NBC can answer. Yeah, I, th-
2: I think I uh, think Questlove just gave an interview where he said that they would stick with um, with Jimmy. So presumably okay. that would you know not. I mean that that's a great point. You know if if they want um, Jimmy Fallon to remain successful, that's an integral part of that. And I would have hoped that they are kind of locked up in in lockstep with Jimmy Fallon's show.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big part of them keeping the Tonight Show or moving the Tonight Show back to New York is uh, to be able to keep everything that they kind of have which you and show together.
1: Right. So we'll see what happens. That's uh, that's the news today. I I mean, a lot of renewals, nothing surprising really to me, and we'll just kind of, more news will keep coming in as as March and April, and, well, March is over, April and May come and go. (laughs) I'm still living in March. Uh, (laughs) So moving on to prime time, we have some dark shows to talk about this week. And one very light and very happy, one of my favorites. So we're going to start with Justified, season four, episode thirteen, Ghosts, the season finale. Uh, I don't, I am not caught up on the season, but I have them, and I don't mind if you guys just talk and talk and talk about it because I've read everything I can about the season anyway.
2: Oh yeah, uh, so, okay.
1: <laughs> so oh. discuss, and and I'll pipe in if I've read something and and agree.
2: <laughs> so what did what did you think, Jason? I think. Overall
0: the season was you know a little up and down.
2: Mhm. Yes, I
0: agree with you there. But I think once again they ended with a fantastic finale. They they always seem to whatever you think of the whole season, the finales always come out really uh really good. I, I mean so many things uh happening. Uh, when I saw the preview of of the episode, it almost it made it seem like you're like is it going to the episode going to end with you know his wife you know and all these guys in in their nursery but no boom it starts with that you
2: know? yeah that was so brilliant i mean this show is really good um at kind of taking what you what it knows your expectations are and then kind of pivoting and doing something when you didn't expect it's kind of a little bit like homeland in that sense that i think written, the written both of those shows are written by people who know TV conventions really well and are not just going to sort of sit down and do that (laughs) because everyone's expecting it. So that was really smart. And I I agree with you. It's like um, I think if you look at, you know, people have been comparing season two to season four of Justified as like which is the better one. I think they're really different just in terms of the trajectory and like the sort of the Mags Bennett was a much bigger deal in season two, obviously. But I think, you know, I I almost wonder if this season finished out stronger in terms of just the punch of it, but I would agree that it was more... I think season two was more consistently good as a whole thing. I think season four... um, Right there around the sort of middle, I was before they did the reveal of who Drew, Drew was. I was just like, "What is happening?" You know, it was just very dense and, and a little bit too convoluted for me. Although I always enjoy it, I never get up from an episode of Justified and I'm like, "Well, I don't know why I watch that." <laughs> yeah. um, I always enjoy the the dialogue, the characters, the world. You know, I'm I'm always cool with that. But um, once they revealed Drew's real identity, you know, it was another great showcase for one of my favorite actors, um, Jim Beaver. So I feel like from then on, like it was almost like there was two halves of the season, and I liked the second half very, very much. Yeah. I guess a little bit better than the uh, the first half, maybe. Yeah, the the first half it was almost like you enjoyed each
0: episode because you enjoy the you know these adventures that Raylan ends up in the middle of. Right. Uh, but overall, you were just like, "What is the sort of what is the story of this season?" Like, do I didn't really care like what the. What the, you know, like what? Right. The, what the overall story I was. I know. Stop
2: making it this really hard. <laughs> this hard. It doesn't need to be this hard.
0: And uh, and then you know, and then you know, once they they did, uh, you know, r- reveal who Drew Thompson was. At least then you you're like you still, I don't know that I cared that much about the overall story, but I cared more about his character and his. You know the relationship he had developed with Ellie Mae and all those right. other things that were going on. So it made the you know the last few episodes of the season uh, really interesting. And and when it comes to uh, you know the, the you know the very end with Raylan, you know fixing the hole in the wall that was created in the first episode,
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: he takes the you know the call from his boss that oh really that guy got killed <laughs> oh right. you know but yet he had set that all up you know he had he had called the other guy in you know right and i Would really it... like that that played in on you know the previous season where he had sort of developed a little bit of a relationship with that guy you know with you know sort of the the new head or you know that you know the son of the head of the mm-hmm. of the, of the mm-hmm. detroit mob uh i really like that tie back in that he could you know he can make a congo right. you know you need to get down here and take care of this guy because it was But he was protecting, you know, his family.
2: Yeah, to me, the biggest strength of Justified, like two two, two of them is not just the sort of the overall plotting and storytelling, but like the way that the world keeps expanding and it feels like a real place. And not like you see, oh, that guy from season three or, you know, that person from season two. And, you know, Ellen May has been around for a while. And it just feels like, you know, more and more layers make it more and more rich and funny and interesting. And then then that leads to these situations where, like, even when they're meeting new people, the dialogue is sometimes fantastic. But when it's, you know, someone like Boyd and Raylan just sitting in a car and talking, or even uh, the the Nikki Augustine, you know, just kind of giving um, Boyd crap about how he talks, and, you know, or having that dialogue with Ava, you know, they just do such an amazing job of making the people really come alive through what they say. And that's just... I think it's just so hard to do, but they somehow manage it. Yeah, and they they bring on,
0: you know, uh, guest stars that all end up doing really well. I mean, my new favorite character on the show is Patton Oswalt.
2: Oh sure, <laughs> I know that's that's what I said. I, I think that they need to do on you know FX is spinning off like this other channel FXX, and I would watch a Constable Bob show all day long. I would watch that a hundred million times.
0: Yeah, with with yeah, with him just patrolling the. The local yeah, town. Yeah, just
2: I, I'm I'm duly elected by the people of this town. <laughs> like trying to just trying to talk about justified. He's constantly trying to justify. People are like, "What are you? What's happening?"
0: Uh, uh, but he yeah. almost had like the best arc of the season. Like,
2: oh yeah, he was great. Know. And that's what's so great about the show that someone who you think is just a little bit of comic relief or is serving a story purpose um, ends up being this total badass that you never expected. You know, I mean. The way the show gets you to invest in people is really special.
0: Yeah, that you know he, he 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 takes the beating and give and delivers the comic relief all
2: <laughs> all at the same time exactly. <laughs> so great, oh, man. excellent.
1: I mean, it's a show that I've watched the first three seasons, and I'm just behind on season four, and I will get caught up, and I will be on board for season five, and see where this whole thing goes. So that's just yeah, it. it's
2: it's a good time. I mean, it's one of those shows that can just it might even be better that way. Um,
1: cuz then just, I can kind of I feel like I can kind of marathon it. That's why yeah, because it, yeah. I get I went to LA for 3 weeks and then I come back and it's like, "Okay. Now I have hours and hours and hours, hours of things to get caught up on. The easiest things to get caught up on are comedies. That's just, you know, one boom 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 and then I have hours yeah. of TV sitting there. So it's yeah, on the list. Absolutely. I will catch up, I promise. Um, so that's justified. Hannibal, season one, episode one, Aperity, the series premiere. I'm still not sure what I think (laughs) of this show.
2: How much have you guys seen of it, just out of curiosity? I've only seen the first episode. Yeah, just just the first episode. Well, you know, it's one of those shows – I had a lot of different Twitter debates with people about this. And sometimes you say to yourself – Like why don't a lot of people like this show? You know, there are shows that I've really loved and championed, like you know Chuck, Mm -hmm. or you know something like that, where you just think, if only more people just sampled it and knew about it, they would have a lot of fun with this or they would enjoy this or that quality. Then there are those shows where you're like, totally get it if you don't even want to try it. I I really do understand because. I mean, it's kind of like musicians or artists that you follow. It's like, you know, Kate Bush isn't for everyone. You know, it's just there are some artists that you're just like, that's going to be a specific audience that 150 percent gets that and is not you know going to be able to explain necessarily to everyone else why they get it. (laughs) Um, But so, so Hannibal is like that for me. You know, a few people were like, well, I don't know if I should try it. And I said, look, try the pilot. If you just if it's if it's some aspect of it makes you too uncomfortable, you'll know from that whole hour if you can get through it. And then, like I think, if you do watch the whole first hour, like for me, I definitely wanted to see more. Even though it really shocked me, the most shocking thing about um, Hannibal wasn't you know that it was violent. I mean, I knew that was going in or anything that happened on screen. It was just the fact that I liked it at all because I was just so tired of you know crime and bloodshed and you know serial killers. I just was like, Oh God, I'm going to hate it. And I was just like really, really impressed.
0: Yeah. I think they did a really good job. I mean, it starts out a little, for me, it was started out a little rough where you're getting used to how it's filmed and mm-hmm. how they show you him, you know, thinking about what went on, you know, at a crime scene and stuff and, and getting into it. But also that, you know, it's called Hannibal. But Hannibal doesn't really get introduced until like the second half of the of the show, and but I really like the way the story uh, went to see how Hannibal both helped catch, but also tried to help the, the guy, you know, tell the guy that he's you know about to get caught, uh, and yet also was responsible for doing something to help the other guy, you know, has he said, you know, seeing the negative helped him see the real right. thing. Uh, that was, you know, that was interesting. Uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff in it and by the time it was over, you were like, yeah, I want to see more of this. Uh, and, you know, it is a, a, a little more uh, gruesome, but just the way it was filmed and put together, the way scenes cut from one to another. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and everything was, you know, it was it was really good.
2: I think Hugh Dancy was fantastic. He was very, very good, and I think this is a show that really doesn't work unless the two lead characters work for you. And I just was blown away by Mads Mickelson. And I mm-hmm. I just don't think any of it works unless you yeah. see that people they do want to go have dinner with Hannibal and yet there's something sort of darkly charismatic about him as well where you can believe that he's And the the crazy thing is I've seen I think four episodes now and you don't actually see him do anything except you know make that call, prepare meals talk to people and he's fascinating I think so I think it's a really smart way to get at you know who he is and and how he grounds the show that like, you don't want to be like, okay, and here's him like chopping up somebody or whatever. He's much more of a character who gets inside people, inside people's heads. You know, like that's kind of how Anthony Hopkins approached it as well. That like, why, why is Clarice Starling talking to this guy? Why is, you know, what is it about him? You have to make him a human being. And that almost makes, the kinds of things he's capable of far more terrifying because you know right. you can explain to yourself oh this person's a monster or, they're deranged or whatever um, someone who's as elegant and thoughtful as Hannibal is is like that's really scary to me yeah
0: you know yeah that you know the FBI would go you know to him for help or right. uh, and, and stuff. So he'd be the he's sort of the last person they would uh, uh, they would think um, but yeah but yeah, all the different things that they show, you you know, like they show, you know, they tell you when they show you that body in the field that the, uh, you know, that the lungs were were taken, you know, instead of the, the yes. liver. And then you see, then it cuts to him <laughs> cutting <laughs> up that and then having, you know, cutting up the lungs and then having dinner and then – the the weird re- the really weird part is when it cuts to the next morning and he's handing out the protein scramble and you're like I know. And
2: you're like okay and you're really like
0: and you're like okay, the thing what is the, in
2: that <laughs> you know? for all we know those were like pig lungs or something <laughs> yeah. but right. we don't know anything we for don't sure know. it's just that that possibility and that's what i think Brian Fuller who created the show that's what I think is so smart. I mean, there are graphic scenes. I'm not going to lie. Like, there's some yeah. stuff that happened in the fourth episode where my husband and I were like, okay, maybe one a week of these is good, you know? Like, two, because <laughs> we were watching like two a night and we're like, we are never going to sleep again. <laughs> um, but it, it's horror, I think, is most effective for me anyway. When it's about – it's when it's linked to psychology and deep human desires and when it's kind of – when some things are left to the imagination. And I think that that's what they've done really well here, especially with the direction and the way that it looks. It's really incredible.
1: I agree. I mean I rarely – Brian rarely steers me wrong as far as I've watched everything he's kind of done. Um, Right. And and it's just another one where uh, some people who are only fans of Brian from maybe a Pushing Daisies world that's very colorful, but it was also very dark. This is a different world. It's a very unique, you know. Nothing. I'm not saying it's anything supernatural. Not not anything weird like that. It's a very dark, different world. And I think it's like you all said. It's really well acted, directed. Cinematography is great. Like everything about it was. You can kind of overlook the graphic. You know, blood and and guts and gore because at the heart of it, there's a really interesting, scary kind of mind thing that you're
2: watching. You're not sure what you're thinking, and I like that. Yeah, that's actually a great way to think about it is that it's just – it's getting in – as Hannibal gets into – Will's head, the show is getting into your head, and so you're kind of paralleling having these parallel experiences where you're like, hmm, this guy seems pretty cr- oh wait, no, maybe he's right. not <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm mean, interested, I mean it sounds like it kind of keeps up the the tension and the interest, and I'm, I mean, I'm excited, having seen an episode to know that I'm going to watch another episode and, and still be engaged and still be interested down the line so fingers crossed that it kind of kills the Thursday at 10 on NBC.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it sits in a Hannibal sits in this weird spot in that you all, you hear people talk about, you know, shows on network TV. They, you know, they're kind of bland and, and stuff. And mm-hmm. then you, then you hear people have seen this show and they're like, Oh, this is too dark for network TV. It should be on cable. <laughs> and you're just like, what the what? heck? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't really get that stuff anymore the, in the TV landscape, and the way things are, I don't care where it is. I just right. care whether it's good, and it, you know, yeah. I find it entertaining. And I just find it also weird on NBC. Granted, it's up against you know Elementary and Scandal, which is sort of you know yeah. become this sort of uh, growing hit that you know that I can see maybe. It being harder for people to, you know, try it out because maybe they're already watching something on that. But I really don't get why some of these shows that have <laughs> played on Thursday nights on on NBC, why they don't even get a, a big, you know, a tryout in the first episode. Right. Like, it, right. I under, I could understand, like, people watching it and then the next episode, like, nobody watching it. Like, but I don't understand, like, nobody ever trying it out in the first place because – They've had you know they've had a I mean granted it's a, a varying quality of shows uh in the time slot, but but none of them have really gotten in the last two or three years have gotten any type of tryout, whether they start in the fall or they start mid season or uh it's just a it's just a weird thing right now.
2: Yeah, it's mystifying to me because really this is where T V is going to these big noisy concepts often based on bigger properties, like, you know, we were talking about Bates Motel getting a renewal. Um it that's kind of, you know, something violent, something, you know, with some you know, we people have heard of silence of the lambs, like that kind of thing. Like I feel like they tried to do something that would hopefully make some noise for them and they did it in a in a way that was intelligent and I just, I'm like, what else can they do now? <laughs> I don't even know. At this point, like, they've tried really dumb, broad concepts. They've tried, you know, really populist, mainstream projects, and that, nothing seems to work. It's just really frustrating.
0: Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a very weird time for, for yeah. NBC. Uh, where shows oh, where easy. shows where shows like you know Whitney and guys with kids are technically on the bubble, you know, like they could actually come back again. Uh, it's a wow. weird, you know. You it's... just
2: kind of ruined my day there. But...
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's the weird place that that NBC sets, you know, and uh, you know that you can't, you know, you can't cancel everything and and, and start over, but uh, but then when you do something this well done and nobody comes you, if you're NBC you're like well what do you want us to like what do right.
2: exactly what was it that you wanted <laughs> like, could you could, yeah really people people specify send us detailed memos <laughs> yeah. the five viewers that we have please tell us
1: <laughs> we want more Jay yeah. Um Yo,
2: what shows would you tell your friends about like
0: right you know, so we can expand our audience to 10 oh
1: gosh I, I just oh, they just astound me sometimes
0: and, well and the thing about uh, you know it's the talk of, you know, it's the, the violence and, and stuff and you're like 12 million people watch zombies get right. bitch on Sunday night. So is it really the graphic nature of, you know, of the violence that, uh, or is it since they're sort of already dead, it's, it's that it's different okay. or something. I they don't know. Is,
1: we can kill them again.
0: Uh, it's, uh, that's also another sort of strange place that the show
1: so, really, what so we're asking sits. is that if you're the five people that are watching NBC, let us know why you're watching NBC. And NBC, tell us <laughs> what your plan is. And
0: because- well, NBC is doing whatever they can to, you know, get, they put it out for, you know, online instantaneously and, uh, you know, available all over the place. And they're going to re air it again on, right. you know, this Wednesday night.
1: Uh, they made the script available on NBC.com. and all that today. <laughs> so oh, I, mean, trying
0: I mean, they're doing everything they can to. To get, I would be interested. Did anybody see any? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe it hasn't been far enough yet for it to been announced uh, for like what DVR numbers were. Because I'd be interested to see, kind of like last week with Happy Endings. That, granted, this week Happy Endings did do a little bit better than last week, but it had like a fifty percent growth in you know DVR numbers. So I'd, I'd be interested to see how many, like if there was a a a large growth of. Of people that watched it on their DVRs in the next three days.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: So that's yeah, I, I would hope. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, on the one hand, I want to say it's, glad, it's good that they're kind of giving it more chances and, and all this kind of stuff, but because it takes violence seriously and the toll of violence seriously, I wonder if it's just too heavy for people. You know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see, I guess.
0: On the other so hand, we'll if it was, if it was a cable drama, its numbers would be really good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah, NBC can't win, so just declare yourself USA two. Like you know, maybe like FX. FX has FXX. They could be USAA. Something.
1: Like <laughs> just eliminate NBC altogether. Exactly. Uh, so so that is Hannibal, and our thoughts on NBC. Moving on to Orphan Black, season one, episode one and two: Natural Selection and Instinct. I really think that the show needed to air as a two-part opener.
0: I think you're right. I think the, these two episodes work very good to introduce you to what's going mm-hmm. on. And the first episode, while interesting, doesn't quite give you enough of sort of what's going on. But yet this whole world of uh, clones and, and uh, you know, even though you – like because at the end of the first episode – you're only thinking clones because you've read that about the show. Yeah, <laughs>
2: not... I know. And right. <laughs> I'm really, I am really. feel really lucky that I just put it in the DVD. I played it like a week ago and I hadn't even bothered to read the press material. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's so much better. And I was just like, boy, they're really ruining – like the whole and if they were going to do that they should have just con- aired, as you said like both episodes at once or something like that. I don't know. It just wasn't really the best way to get people into the show to reveal what we kind of know to be true <laughs>
0: really cuz technically they don't actually tell you they don't actually mention clones until I think the third episode is Yeah, the third on, episode
1: is where they know, all start. Based about
0: it. on the uh, you know the preview for the next episode. Right. Right. But yet I think the two together as a whole give you enough introduction into this world uh into right,
2: her to kind of get drawn in
0: yeah into her relationship with you know her daughter and and stuff there and then also her impersonating uh the other person and the relationship with the you know being the cop and the and f- you find out more about the re- what happened with the shooting and why her partner you know is like wants to make sure that everything goes smoothly uh they they open up a lot more uh you know and then she gets the you know gets the call and tracks down uh you know a couple more of these people that <laughs> that look like her and uh you know by the you know if it would have play I was still interested in it even after the the first episode mm-hmm. uh but if if you had watched like this as sort of like a two hour premiere. Uh by the when she goes into the, the basement and, you know, another you know, she's talking to one and another one walks out of the room, you're like, okay. That would that's like an ending where you're like, Okay, what's going on <laughs> uh here and and it would be even more so had you know, I not read anything about the show before I watched it.
1: Right. Oh, oh. Hannah <laughs> There's a call. there's a dog walking by. Um, I I was impressed by her uh, yeah. Tatiana Maslani. Um I thought that she she just bounces back and forth so easily between everybody. And I thought the camera work where they're facing each other and they're actually just, oh okay where they're in the same scenes. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought I thought it was impressive, <coughs> but. Sorry, because I'm talking through my dog barking at somewhere and the guy walking in my front yard. I just thought that it was well done. I don't know how they can kind of get out of this. I don't understand the clone thing. I'm sure we're going to get more information about it. I'm intrigued to learn about it, and that's what I was impressed by in the in the first two episodes. They did make me think, okay, what am I going to learn? What am I going to know? I like that mystery.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, they could have gotten to that quicker but um, she you're right she's really good at um, kind of switching back and forth and then she's got that her sidekick her her friend who's kind of just following her around you know offering very funny commentary on things so to me it kind of came off a little bit like something i might see on cinemax you know like there's it's sort of a sexy thriller and it you know it just has some interesting elements well shot well acted not really rising above the level of like a b movie entertainment and like it's just it's it's sort of just a genre thing in this in the thriller realm and um as such you know it's pretty well executed surprisingly good i thought you know
0: yeah it kind of it kind of does have the sort of the almost the look and feel of like hunted
2: that's what i was thinking of it's kind of like sort of hunted um some other things i've seen like from the uk like you know luther things like that you know it just has that a little bit gritty um feel to it and urban, there's that cop element as well in terms of who she's trying to imitate. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's good stuff, but, you know, yeah, not not exactly deep. Right, right. And will it get there? I don't know. I, I'm hoping so. I mean, it, to yeah. me what I felt like when I watched it was like okay, they they know where they're taking this, you know what I mean? Right. They're not just um they're 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 they've got a plan for where they're going to take and if they don't then that this is the kind of thing where if you really haven't thought it through then boy you're a bad person you deserve to <laughs> suffer
1: <laughs> exactly well we have this idea for clones but we don't know what happens next
2: yeah something uh, then, uh, next season tune in you know like next what? season there's like ten more she's gonna play all ten characters <laughs> yes. watch us
0: well I think <laughs> but I think it's interesting once she gets that briefcase that you know she learns and then you also learn that. You know even more than of them than uh you'd previously maybe thought and right. that it seems to be that there's almost like that they that there's like one per country almost because they're from you know they seem there doesn't seem to be any of them really uh doubling up all that much and that you know when they you know the german gets shot uh you there's somebody hunting them you know and who who or what is obviously looking for that briefcase as well because somebody had already, you know, had had trashed the, uh, that hotel room, and right. so they 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 do. Again, by the end of the second episode, they leave you with enough stuff that make you go, "Okay, I'm in, I'm really interested in this and where and where it's going."
2: Right. They they leave enough clues along enough like breadcrumbs along the trail, you know.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. That there's something more there than just the fun of watching her play a soccer mom and you know and then you know trying to imitate you know playing you know she's playing the german and then she's trying to imitate the german and then she's also trying to imitate the cop and uh even though she didn't she didn't know anything about uh really about her and so it, it presents the idea of a of a lot of interesting situations can uh, come out of that mm-hmm. Uh over the Over the next, uh, you know, few episodes that, yeah, it's a definitely, I think it makes for, I really like that it's on Saturday night. (laughs) You know, there's the, right now you got like Doctor Who, Orphan Black, uh, you know, they, BBC America has like this whole Saturday night lineup.
2: Yeah. And it's really good because um, it's, (laughs) there's nothing else on, you know? Right. Oh, come on. Smash is on. (laughs) Oh, Smash. Now we're back on NBC.
1: <laughs> I just, I'm interested to see where this goes. And um, I really, we talked, we touched about it a little bit, but I really like her partner in crime, Felix. I think he's hysterical. I think he's much needed comic relief, but also a really good, like, shoulder for her. I'm glad somebody's kind of in on whatever's happening. And she can, it's nice. You can tell they have that backstory together. I really like that.
0: Yeah, like his whole thing about that he's breaking out because they're they're going into the suburbs. He's, right. he's left the city.
2: He's just cannot. And then he gets the kids to, like, you know, do, like, put on, like, makeup. And, like, he's just, like, the mom comes home and she's completely horrified, which is I love great. It. I love it.
1: So that's our Orphan Black. If everybody, let us know what everybody's thinking about it. Um, I'm intrigued. We'll see. Our last show that we're going to talk about is... Another show where I feel like if other people just started watching it, we would not be in the situation we're in. Happy Endings, Season 3, Episode 16 and 17, The Incident and Bros Before Bros.
0: Yeah, Mo, I think this this is definitely one of those shows that falls into that category of that you were sort of mentioning earlier of why is it that people are watching this show?
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one thing I've really had an issue with. And I think that, you know... I was actually talking to the producers earlier in the week for um, a, a feature I'm going to do on the show, and they were talking about, if you think back, um, How I Met Your Mother, I mean, it did okay, but it's, you know, it wasn't like, and of course we have to sort of compare ratings then to ratings now because it's almost like right. they're never really compar- comparable anymore.
0: The situation but, is similar, but yeah, the, the numbers are not this the same. Right.
2: The numbers are going to be different, yeah. So um, the thing is, You know, they were talking about one of the guys from Happy Endings, Jonathan Groff, was actually working on how I met your mother around that early era and he said that, you know, it wasn't really until the end of season three that people kind of could take a sigh of relief and be like, okay, the show is kind of on pretty solid ground. Yeah, it was on the bubble all the time. (laughs) It was on the bubble all the time. Well, CBS did. I mean, they did change the time slot a little bit. I'm not saying that they were completely solid, but like, you always knew the show was on Monday night. You knew where to find it. There was pretty solid shows around it um, and they kind of just stuck by it, whereas Happy Endings, I, I mean, it's one of those shows and ABC tends to do this. I mean, other networks have done it too, but like, they just bounce it all over the damn place and you never know where it is and then that drives a behavior where you just let them stack up on your DVR and you don't watch them on air and so the ratings for it are not great but i think there's also a situation where you know for years and years the the model for a certain kind of sitcom was you know let's get a bunch of urban friends together they're hanging out you know whether it's Seinfeld or friends or whatever that's that's been a successful genre you know over the years and but nowadays if you take a show and you try to do that the very people who are you know up on the screen and or watching the show or who you're trying to get to watch the show a large chunk of them aren't going to watch it in real time especially when you stick it on a Friday so it's really I I, it's one of those shows that I, I just think Why not keep it on Wednesday night? I don't understand. Like, ABC has this really, this brand that I suppose they want to put out there of like modern family typifying their comedy brand, but I don't understand, you know, like the modern family folks, you know, some of the single people on that show or some of the people they encounter on that show, it's not like they're in a different universe than what you see on Happy Endings, unlike, like, literally the neighbors. So it's just really strange to me that it's not, you know, ABC. I think could have handled it better, but I also think it's a really frustrating time um, I mean, I guess I would compare it to um, what if the bestseller charts right now did not take any ebooks into account? We would be like, well, that's a joke. there's no way you can do that <laughs> right. you know you you have to factor that hugely into the mix now that's essentially what's happening. online views. Nielsen is going to sort of slowly add that kind of information, but not until fall. Right. So it's like, well, thanks, Nielsen. You seem to be really on the ball. So good job. <laughs> and, it's, and it's
0: still they're adding it within the, the people that are already Nielsen people. They're just going to track those people as well right i mean right it's
2: something like uh, i think they are going to add additional yeah households like but it's only going to be like 160 or something like that it's
0: just like right now they're just tracking what those people are watching actually on the tv at the time right and maybe they're and then they're dvrs uh but they're not tracking uh you know if they're watching something on demand or watching it online or you know like you know hulu or buying it from itunes or or what have you? There's all these other avenues that that these people that are supposed to be representing the TV audience, yeah, they're, they're not even. So I give them credit for at least trying to start working more of that in to give you know at least right. with their predictive models a little bit better uh, idea. But yet still the the production companies and and the, the networks behind it, they still they know how many times this stuff's been you know watched on their uh, on their outlets and and yeah. on on, on Hulu, but it's and stuff what like that. will
2: the so will the advertising agencies pay for that? You right. know, if if ABC goes to um, you know their advertisers and says, oh, but we got this many, you know, and I think the Nielsen thing kind of adds some kind of legitimacy to it, and so it affects how ad rates are charged. But I definitely think that it's it's still a pathetic showing i mean i think tv is so far behind even i mean when the book industry is setting the pace for you then you're really doing something (laughs) wrong it's like come on the book the publishing industry is just completely you know old school and hidebound and they are just miles ahead of the tv industry in terms of actually counting the people who want their product which is it just strikes me as really insane
0: yeah, I I understand some of the uh, the you know the buying ads because you know if somebody watches it 5 days later online that's obviously worth different than somebody watching it actually on Thursday night when it's advertising a movie that starts on Friday uh you know so those type of things but there's all the other advertising for actual products for you know like Tide and you know <laughs> and all these other things that get advertised that those those type of ads seem like they would be worth the same uh whether somebody's watching it, you know, on NBC.com or on Hulu or or actually on the network itself, you know, at the given time.
2: Yeah, I don't it's very strange to me and it it's it's really problematic because you know, one thing that Happy Endings I think does really well is sort of throw humor at you in kind of almost a social media fashion it's almost like your twitter feed is happening with people in real life you know it just kind of keeps coming and so it is like you know for those of us who have a short attention span you know it's kind of fun that way you know it's just i do like the performances though and i do like the characters and i don't think it's all just this kind of heartless you know frenetic mass but you know it's meant for this generation. it's meant for how people kind of think and communicate now, and they're the very people who are consuming it that way and then of course, the show is penalized for it so I'm hoping that maybe um it gets saved by u s a which is the latest rumor around you know around the show mm-hmm. which i'm I'm really <laughs> if that's true, I'm totally cool with it yeah, yeah. one thing um i I was just wanted to note about that is um u s a is beginning modern family um reruns next fall and so it could be airing with Modern Family in a few months but you know first run of Happy Endings and reruns of Modern Family which I think would actually be a great pairing
1: I I mean because they've you know they've done that on wednesday nights when it shouldn't <laughs> yeah. have been you know disrupted even when there was reruns of modern family happy endings was still behind it well what yeah you...
0: it's played in front and behind happy ending
1: exactly <laughs> and... what did you think like what are you thinking about these episodes Though, like what are your thoughts on the i don't know the episode since we've come back what are we i just i don't know i laughed top to bottom on the show maybe it's i don't know my generation i don't know i just i really enjoy everything
2: yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I think it's just to me. There's a certain kind of comedy that has a really fun mixture of surreal, you know, smutty. I mean, to me, it's like the live-action Archer, yeah. you know, <laughs> in that people are just behaving like wildly inappropriately, but there's still kind of some kind of human connection there as well. Um, yeah. So. Maybe cable is the right home for that kind of thing. You know, it's just yeah. I'm not really sure, and and we'll find out maybe in a few months. I'm not sure.
1: I thought about that when I saw something about USA being you know because Sony has been you know whether ABC some one of our Thomas Blake he said something about can ABC do all that they did for the audience? They said I don't think ABC did as much as they should have as a network to kind of support their show. Basically putting an ad together that says only you can save it. I think Sony's been such a good proponent of their show that I think that they yeah. will succeed in getting it somewhere. Um, but the right. idea of putting it on USA, I just thought of how the the jokes sometimes, you know, they they get so much by the censors that like the bang bus with Dave a couple of weeks ago. Like there's so much it gets by the censors. I can just imagine that taking one step further and really truly embracing itself as the real life archer for lack, you know, like you yeah. compare it to, I think they can only, they can only help the show.
2: Yeah. I, I think you're right. And I think, you know, let the show be the show. Although mm-hmm. what do you guys, I mean, a similar show Cougar town moved over to TNT. And I think to me, the show has been more variable over there. Like there've been some episodes where I just don't feel like it's the same show. Mm-hmm. So I actually talked to the happy endings guys about that. And from what they said, they, you know, if it were to move, they would stick with it. You know, of course, you know, I'm, not, I probably wouldn't hold them to that because <laughs> who knows what their agent will say to them in a week and how that will all play <laughs> out. But, but, um, but I'm hoping it's just, you know, the show is the show. The cast is amazing. And Sony would be crazy to like let that slip out of their hands, especially when USA is looking around for comedies to kind of, um, right you know prop up its its lineup you know for a while now the one hour show has been where cable and especially basic cable has sort of stolen broadcast networks thunder and i think that that's you know it's been a while you know we've had everything from like the tyler perry house of pain to um the tnt and tbs shows to um the fx shows which are very very different but there's more and more comedy appears to be happening you know on basic cable now and you know, I wonder if that ultimately spells the doom of one of the cable one of the broadcast networks. I just don't see like how is NBC sustainable when right. nothing is, is working on it and even ABC, you know, I, I I don't know, maybe things start to migrate over to cable in the half hour realm even more than they are now. Yeah.
1: I mean we've seen it ten years ago we didn't have this many dramas on cable and that's where that's gone and um I just think that that's kind of a natural progression.
2: Yeah, I, d- I do too. In,
1: yeah, I'm interested. I don't know. I, like you said. I love this cast, and even when you get to see this cast um, do videos when they're not in character, they are this way with each other. So I feel yeah. like you can't you can't <laughs> touch this. You can't. It's kind of a six a group of six that you can't really you struck gold with them, and you don't want to screw it. Because I agree with you about Cougar Town. Watching it on TVS, they're very you know, there are episodes where I'm like, okay, this is the cougar town I like. Mm -hmm. This isn't the cougar town I like. I know why I don't love this episode. I know they're trying a little too hard to make it a little too TBS. And, um, and I can definitely notice a difference. And I just wouldn't want that to happen for happy endings because they don't need it to, it doesn't need to change. It just needs to be supported.
2: Yeah, I agree. And it just needs to be, you know, I think that one of the things that always comes up in these discussions is like well was it is it too much is it like what should they have they've done differently i think this is one of those cases where yes you know not every happy ending storyline completely maybe works but i it is what it is at this point i wouldn't really change anything substantial about it and i just think it's really rare to have a cast where there's no weak links at all and i think they've done an amazing job of you know making each character so defined that you know they can find funny stuff for them to do um and and the cast has all stepped up and really gotten into the spirit of it and i it's just you know it doesn't need to be creatively different it just needs to have someone figure out how to make money off of it and you would think yeah. with all these high-powered people wearing five thousand dollar suits like somebody would have done that by now <laughs> but right but what do we know
0: yeah because the, yeah the show's just uh, i mean there's not everything works but there's very seldom that there's not one storyline. There's usually at least one storyline that works for me every episode. Uh,
2: yeah. I mean, the one where they went to the gay wedding fair was like, I literally thought I was going to have some kind of aneurysm. It was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I, I just can't. Show. Yeah.
0: Well, even like in the in the second episode uh, uh, this past Friday was, you know, they're doing, you know, Romeo and Juliet between dueling food trucks and the, <laughs> and the family members i mean the the stuff uh, the stuff they play <laughs> off of is Is hilarious in this, and
2: yet there's a real moment with, um, you know, Penny and her dad in the food truck as this (laughs) chaos completely goes mental outside. So it's like, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's I really love that. That's one of my favorite things about any comedy. In Cougar Town, does this really well, where they're doing something so completely ridiculous and bizarre and and goofy and surreal, but at the same time, there's maybe some portion of the reality that. is emotionally grounded, so I right. mean, anyone can pull that off. Is uh, is is not aces in my book.
1: So we will all keep our fingers crossed that happy endings has a. I mean, for lack of a better and lack of cliche, happy ending.
2: Um, you know, I'm writing a story about the show, and I found myself actually using that construction. So I'm glad you did too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just it, it kind of just so well for it. I can't It just help. rolls off the tongue. It, yeah, um, it's, it's
0: hard. Yeah, it's hard not to. to
1: well, here's a question: I'm Thinking of Sony, and say Sony has to go out and, and they really want to focus only on one comedy. Well, what would Sony do?
2: Do they want community or do they want happy endings? Um, I think they want shows that will make money for them in syndication. So, yeah. um, they appear to be really motivated to kind of keep keep things going to get to that point. I mean, I have only seen like I think 4 of of Community 2.0 and that's another case of a show where I just sit there and go, I, Yeah. It's it's as if someone broke into your house and replaced all your furniture with stuff that looked like your furniture, just, do you know what I mean? What mean. It, that makes no sense. I'm sorry, but it's just like wait, or like like you know, you Are know they
0: they came in and they moved everything but the stapler,
2: right? right. Or you're, 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 you know, gerbil die. and it's like I think that's you know spots, but I'm not really sure. It's sort of like if you it, it it's it's community esque. That's I mean to me, um that's definitely a case of a show where even under Dan Harmon, there were many episodes that were just like, it eh, didn't work for me but when it did work, it had this kind of divine ambition that it would actually realize. You know, something about it would be so um, so it would be reaching into the character's humanity and yet it would use these incredibly elaborate metaphors and constructions to get there whereas this one just seems like it sort of has a grasp on the characters, but it's like, you know, <laughs> it's like you're drinking instant coffee and not actual coffee. you like, I guess it's, it's coffee-like,
0: <laughs> you know? It looks um, like coffee, smells like coffee, but I, I've been, uh, at least in the earlier episodes of community where I was just like, I don't really see that much of a difference. I mean, it still feels like community, uh, a lot, but as the season's gone on, uh granted they 've repeated themselves before, but now, with Harmon being gone, when they repeat themselves, now it just feels like they 're repeating themselves when they yeah. do you know, like another documentary episode or that you know they while I really thought some of the you know the Thanksgiving episode and you know sort of the the escape and the sh- you know and Abed thinking about Shawshank redemption and then prison break and I you know mm-hmm. it was pretty good it still it felt. felt- like yeah. we've you know you've seen uh you know they've done that multiple times before and uh where even if they had done it before previously it didn't necessarily it felt like there was a new take on the the same thing. Uh, this just felt like Yeah and I- we're doing new things and like the next episode's going to be with puppets and that's new but it also feels like, you know, well, we've done an uh, animated episode before and right. we've done this episode before. What other wacky thing can we turn the the characters into? Oh, what about puppets?
2: And, yeah, uh, and that's – I think you're totally right. You know, it's – the concept is driving what they're doing. It's not that what they want to do with the concept is driving what they're doing. You know, it seems right. to me like it's more like – this is what they kind of got it wrong it's like we were trying to say something about Abba's relationship to being a human being with the you know my dinner with andre um conceit you know like that that was about something important they were trying to get at with the character whereas now it's about the big hook or the big you know promotable event not about what they're trying to do with it
1: yeah
2: so, we shall
1: maybe that works see where for them. All it's all, I, I always kind of guess where things are going to go and then networks and they'll tend to zig when I want to zag or vice versa. So, we'll see what happens or what comes of these shows as the season progresses.
0: Because there's all, well, there's, I mean, there's certain shows where you know that it's a foregone collusion. This is going to get picked up. And then there's, you know, there's the ones on the other end where you're like, that's definitely going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. but there 's this weird, larger bubble group these days <laughs> like the bubble is much larger than it 's ever been yeah. for uh whether something's going to get picked up or not and uh and it 's not totally i mean it 's still somewhat ratings based but there's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes of how much something 's going to end up costing a network and and stuff that goes into these decisions more than ever before mm-hmm. uh, and just the idea that you know like. The whole Thursday night lineup on NBC right now is just, but yet you know, it's Parks and Recreation is still one of the best comedies on TV. Yet nobody's watching it, oh. you know, <laughs> on mm-hmm. on on the night and uh, and so, but yet, I can't see them not picking that show up. Like with The Office leaving and you know Community, you know what are they going to do there and and no, all these other sure shows. I Parks and
1: Rec is safe.
0: Yeah. But yet it's still if you look at it strictly on a numbers type of thing, you would yeah. on that sort of level, you would go, gosh, they might, you know, could that could that possibly get canceled? But you look at it on the everything else on their network, there's no way that gets canceled, you know, type of thing. And that's just a weird mm-hmm. place that a lot of these shows sit in uh these days.
2: And I think it's just kind of a roll of the dice at this point. It's not like, well, this show has definitely got a bigger fan base or this one has got more, you know. It's just I think TV is in such a completely strange place in terms of how just in the last year, don't you guys feel like in the last year or two, people watching online, you know, as more and more people get iPads and everyone obviously has computers and, you know, it's not at all a barrier to – watch shows online and, and and again I mean we're back at the same concept but it's like there should be better ways to track this across you know f- f- so that advertisers pay money for it you know it doesn't seem like it should be that hard because it's trackable it's the internet everything gets counted <laughs> you yeah,
0: know? And, right. and almost it seems like you'd even be able to extract uh, you know especially with things when you're talking about Hulu and, and things like that It'd be able to extract a lot of interesting demographic information out of who's, you know, who's who's actually watching what and uh, when you're selling the, when you're selling ads and, uh, and stuff. And, and these days, you know, with all these smart TVs where, uh, you know, you, you buy a TV and it's got, it, it's got wireless internet that it hooks right up and you can sign into your Netflix, your Hulu, Mm -hmm. your Amazon, you know, instant, uh, you know, all these things right there uh, without ever, you know, even turning your an actual TV station on. Uh, so, I mean, it's making, you know, the sort of the Netflix, you know, Netflix has sort of uh, pioneered it. They've been, you know, Netflix everywhere. They've put their stuff on every, you know, Blu-ray player and TV and mm-hmm. you know Xbox yeah. and PlayStation, you know, if there's a, a device that hooks to your television, right. You know, they're there. Uh and everything and a lot of the others have all followed suit. Uh so, you know, now it's you know a lot of those shows it's much easier to watch a show the next day on hulu than it ever was before because you don't have to watch it sitting at your computer or right your laptop in your lap or something we
2: have been watching um star trek the next generation on netflix and my my son is like very typical like he goes on netflix we can go on hulu we can go on amazon on our tv he has an ipad um so like the idea that you would like I mean, the TV's there, I guess. He he watches stuff on the DVR, too, but, like, it's not – it's just when he gets to it. The idea of ever watching something at a specific time in his life, he's 11 years old, has never occurred to him. (laughs) Right. It's just not – he just looks at you like you've just told him that, you know, (laughs) we are going to be invaded by, you know, Martians. He's like, hmm, that seems really (laughs) odd, you know? Yeah, the
0: the only thing you know is that, like, uh, you might start to know after a while that, like – uh, if you're a you know a happy endings fan, that now new episodes show up on Saturdays on you know right. On, right. Online that's the right. only
2: thing that's changed. <laughs> that's, you know
0: <laughs> is is you know what day something's available. Uh, necessarily not necessarily what night and time it plays on any, or you know even what channel uh, it it plays on.
2: Right, you can be a fan of a show and not know anything about where and when it airs. Exactly. And we have not cut up into how
0: that <laughs> makes money for people. Yeah, well, I I know somebody that has uh that just has an internet connection and a TV hooked up to the internet connection. They don't even have cable or mm-hmm. uh, any they yeah. I, they have you know like uh an antenna hooked up that they could get, you know, the basic you know, NBC channels if they wanted to, but for the most part, they, they just access Netflix and, and uh, you know, and stuff. And while a lot of it's going that way, sometimes you still look and you go, but somebody has got to figure out a model to get new stuff on Netflix. Like, yeah, you can go back and watch a lot of old stuff on Netflix, but if there's no reason to produce something because it's not making any money, you know, like on NBC, it's never going to get produced and end up on Netflix for you to watch. Uh, so, uh, you know, some of those things. So it, it's a weird spot. You know, I mean, Netflix is trying uh, with a... They they did, a, you know, House of Cards,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: that's just straight to, you know, just on... It's been able to be made, and but it's never been broadcast anywhere. There's no advertising attached to it. It's just... Uh, You're paying for it with your subscription, and uh, they've got you know Hemlock Grove starting up pretty soon, and then Arrested Development, and uh, so.
2: I do wonder though the one the one thing I worry about with that model, or I'm not I'm not worried about it because you know I'm not paying for this stuff, (laughs) or I mean I am through my subscriptions. But if I'm Netflix, you know, so much of what drives conversations is you know podcasts like this, and you know Twitter, and Blogging and social media, and even print media, you know, like there's all these different things that, like, we're going to all have a bunch of arguments about Mad Men and Game of Thrones all season long. And that's whether we're fighting or agreeing or whatever, we're just, we're doing, you know, we're spreading the word about the existence of those shows. So, I guess it comes down to ultimately, in a few, in a, in a year from now, when Netflix debuts something with no name cast and with a really good idea and a good premise and good execution, but maybe not a name director or producer, you know, then what? You know, here it is; it's just plopped on there. And is that going to continue to drive people to continue to pay their fees? I I hope so, because I mean, I want the model to, that to be one of the models, you know.
0: Yeah, it's. But uh, we'll see. Yeah, we're in an interesting spot with with all this stuff, you know. Where, you know, the other night, you know, the Game of Thrones comes back, and the record that it it doesn't just break a record that you know more people watched it on HBO than it ever watched it on HBO before, which is great for HBO, but it also broke <laughs> uh, like illegal download numbers, like it was the most illegally downloaded episode ever, you know. So we're we are definitely in a weird. Yeah. Uh, spot for, for all these things, and uh, you know how does the model? These different models continue to work, so that these shows continue to make be, be made. Because uh, I, I mean, I know uh, there's people that I work with that are just like a uh, uh, couple people that the all the TV they watch, they don't do Netflix or any of that stuff. They just they download it all illegally. Right. That's all that whatever show they're. I know watching, people who
2: cut the cord years ago and just download stuff or watch it free like there's no cable yeah and right. and i'm
0: and i'm like you know that if everybody did that there would be no more shows being made right <laughs> you yeah,
1: like, actually
0: right no. it's like you you do understand that right you're, you're it is is uh, it's, it's yeah it's a weird uh, it's a weird spot because the only reason these shows are being made uh for the most part is because somebody's making money off of them
2: right, right.
1: so the world is a place now but we'll see what happens well i'm interested to see how it keeps going and like what keeps changing because the more things change like the more things do kind of stay the same so i don't know i'm intrigued
2: yeah i mean back in the day it would be you know a sponsor would present you know this is you know a short play or this kind of thing so maybe in future you know procter and gamble has their own Channel and they commission shows and people watch it. I mean, I'm not, I just want awesome stuff to exist. And I just, (laughs) what I I don't want, I mean, I'm a huge fan of like space opera, science fiction, you know, fantasy stuff. I mean, I'm really glad Game of Thrones exists, but HBO has serious, serious amounts of money that it's willing to spend on that. What I don't want is for it all to be like cheap things that, you know, can exist. You know, and be made for, for not a lot of money. You know, I'm, th- there are web series that I love, and I wouldn't change anything about them. But if we only get a certain range of projects because that's all people are willing to pay for, then that's kind of a bum- bummer, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I have to feed my dog. I have to. So, on that, note, on that note, thinking thinking about where the world of TV is going. And what are your thoughts? Leave us some, some comments. So next week, our guests will be Makisha Madden-Toby, who's been on before from MSN TV and the TV Madness podcast. And Rob Owen, has Rob been on before?
0: No, this will be the first time Rob's been on. So,
1: first time Rob will be on. Rob Owen of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Pittsburgh Here and Now Tuned In podcast. You can find links to the news stories we talked about uh, where you can find Mo and her podcast online and more on the show or more in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 176. You can also keep up to date with new episodes via Facebook and Twitter at tvtimes3 or listen to Stitcher smartphone app, stitcher.com slash tv. Of course, you know tvtimes3.com always. Uh, our music today, I didn't sing at all. Our music today was provided by IODA PromoNet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. Thanks for joining us, Mo.
2: Thank you for having me. It's so fun.
1: Yay. We'll hope to have you
2: back soon. (laughs) All right, cool.
1: (laughs) And on that note, I'm off to feed Hannah because she's looking at me. Everybody have a good night.
2: You too. Bye. We sit glued to the TV set all night. And every night. Why go into the outside
0: world at all? It's such a fright
1: got nothing better to do
2: than watch TV and have
1: a couple of brews.